Welcome to Death Row. Like we always do about this time. <laughs> I'm gonna fight your fucking ass. You don't got, you're playing touch butt with that dork in the park. Ah, uh, there's a little snake in the grass. Hey, I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. No fucking Jesus, people. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Hey, pussy, are you still there? I'm back. Who the fuck is that guy? Break out the red panties. We're rich, baby. I would like to introduce... Welcome to the MMA for Money show episode 77. Sorry, we're running a little bit late today. Minor technical difficulties on 1M, but we are here. We are here in this show. We will be reviewing UFC 258 Usman versus Burns and previewing UFC Vegas 19 Blades versus Lewis. No, you did not mishear that. They redid that fight. Didn't actually actually happen. Now, before we get into the intros, I just want to throw this out there for anyone who is watching live. We want to know where you're watching from. Give me your country. Give me your city. We want to know where our audience is, and we'll give you a shout. Type it right in the chat as you hop in there, as you were watching live, all 25 of you that are already in here and beyond. I want to know where you're coming from. We'll give you a shout out later. We're just we're just curious. Type it right on in. Well, I am Bob Voss, your favorite garbage man at MB State of Mind, here with Mike Gee Gilman at Mikey Gills. That's Gills with a Z. Um, also, I'm here with Real Mike, Mike Copenhaver. Also, follow the show on Twitter at MA4MoneyShow. Mike Gills, how are you doing? Oh, well, uh, I haven't slept in 36 hours. The Orioles were given a 0.0% chance to win the World Series, and I've spent the better half of the last day arguing over the merits of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. My life is fantastic. Let's go. <laughs> Real Mike, uh, how are you doing on this fine evening? Oh, you can't be doing better uh, if you're part of the MMA for Money team because uh, this last weekend we just absolutely destroyed it uh, between the MMA for Money show, cash in our bet times two. Uh, the man himself, MMA for Money Prime, absolutely killed the opening weekend of NASCAR at Daytona. He cashed a 20 to 1 with Austin D- Dillon in the duels, a 10 to 1 with Austin Sindrick in the Xfinity series, and predicted a massive, massive upset on the t- Daytona 500 and uh, chose Michael McDowell's 100 to 1 underdog to cash uh I, he cleared us like over 30 units on the weekend it was it was just absolutely stupid the mma for money show is here live a little delayed but we are live live right here on haps what is haps it is a new platform that makes it super easy to simultaneously broadcast to all the social media channels if you download and subscribe to haps you will get 100 free coins for joining which you can support our work at the MMA for Money show. Well, you can find the show on Haps. If you're watching live right now, what's up? On Periscope, we're there too. Twitch, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, just the RSSV. Pause, Rola. Okay, Rola. I'm going to go with that. I'm, I'm learning here. I'm learning. I'm getting becoming more educated. Um, we are also on YouTube. We're both full-length shows, um, little tidbits later on in the week. Subscribe. You'll never miss a show. You'll never miss these beautiful faces. I mean, like, how else are you going to be able to go back to last week's show and look at uh, Mikey Gill's wonderful Fu Manchu that he rocked. There is documentation for that for all eternity or a couple weeks back, the amazing outfit that real Mike was wearing. These are, these are little time capsules to hold on going forward. And if you go there, you could like, comment and share, spread the word and you'll never miss a show. It's just, it's great, great stuff. Well, you know what? We're just going to quick do a review right now of UFC 258 right there showing all images. It's going to be a little different. I'm going to have the videos. We have this is a couple images for you. Here's a fight poster. UFC 258. I'm going to quick do a huge, quick rundown, probably 
more than normal. And then we're going to hit a few high points. Obviously, we're going to hear how our wonderful DraftKings king did there, right there. And we're going to go over how well our bet did, which it crushed, or our personal bets, which crushed. We actually we had a fantastic event at UFC 258. First up, Julian Robertson versus Brendan Maravich got canceled. Gabe Green got the unanimous decision. Ricky Simon got the unanimous decision and busted up Brian Kelleher's face, something fierce. Uh, Pollyanna Viana got the first round armbar arm bar for that underdog there. Bilal Muhammad got the unanimous decision victory, even with a swollen leg over Diego Lima. Anthony Hernandez got a sub. <laughs> so he subbed Rodolfo Vieira, which is just utterly insane. We're going to go back to that and talk with uh, Real Mike about the position there. That's a little ridiculous. Bobby Green versus Jim Miller got canceled, so I didn't even get to like dance on Bobby Green's grave for doing Bobby Green stuff. Maybe in the future when they remake that fight. Julian Marquez, he got a win over Mackie Patola, which isn't too crazy, the fact that he was getting beaten the entire time, and we'll talk about his a, um, his big we'll say his grand slam swing that went foul completely on his own mistake of what he called out after that. Uh, our bet, Chris Gutierrez, minus 55, that was one twin you two units. He got the name decision over Andre Uhl. Kelvin Gastelum got a workman-like name decision over Ian Heinish. Alexa Grasso beat Macy Barber. Still mad that wasn't a bet on this show, but she was minus 40 when we did the show, you guys. Yeah, we told that, you guys we liked her, though. She got all the way down to minus 110, man. The, the only downside about doing the show so early in this week, we, we don't quite get it. And then in the main event... Kamaro Usman got a TKO jab to ground and pound in round three over Gilbert Prince. So as I said, our bets went one and oh. It was just it was for two units, but it was a bigger bet. One and oh for two units at Chris Gutierrez. Before we even go back and hit a couple of these, Mikey Gills, how'd our DraftKings do? Woo! Um, all right. So if you've ever seen uh The Godfather, you know that anytime you see an orange, you know that there is a death or some sort of absolute bloodbath and uh coming up which accurately describes our DraftKings this week. Uh, we're we're going to start off here. Two of six. This one hurts to even say out loud. Two of six for 359 points. Looking at it right now, our big scores were uh, Kamara Usman, obviously. He was one of our biggest ones. And then Ricky Simone. After that, it fell off the cliff. I tried to tell you guys to stack Gilbert Burns this week. I, ne- I normally never recommend stacks. This is exactly why. He got finished in the second score to 20 points. Uh, Rodolfo Vieira, what the hell? What, what the hell? He was tired in less time than it took me to finish the sentence. I have no idea what's going on. Mackie Patolo, you couldn't hold on for 30 more seconds. You absolutely – God, 30 more seconds. Mackie Patolo would have cast for like 99, 100 points. It would have worked out perfectly for us. And then Macy Barber versus Alexa Grasso. I stand by this. If that was a four-round fight, Barber wins that fight. But whatever. It didn't go our way this week. We've been riding a hot streak leading into it. I'm not really too worried about it. Two of six, 359. It hurt. I'm just going to hold this orange. And real quick while I got the microphone – Real Mike, I made you something. Just let me know. I can send it to you, whatever you want. Uh, it's just for you, buddy. Yeah, my, Mike, Mikey's still mad that he lost the poll that uh, it doesn't qualify as the PB&J because that thing's disgusting. No one ever no one ever asked for a PB&J and gets it on a tortilla, especially a cold one. It looks like, hey, you know what? You know, my, my, grand, my grandpa actually wrote me earlier, and he told me to remember my special needs cousin. And he, made little, he, he used to make uh, crafts like that when he was little, so I don't want to get too deep into it. Oh, so good. <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry. What was the to- total point scoring there? Uh, three, 359 points. Sorry. No, I'm oh, sorry. I, thought, I'm just, I thought you meant the poll because no, I, 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 I just want to yeah. put that out there because you're way too used to Mike Gill's doing so great at DraftKings. Like, that sounds bad saying that, but like I remember when I consistently played DraftKings <laughs> and 
I made money getting in the mid to upper 300s. In my wildest yeah. dreams, I would get in the fours. I don't think I ever, I think I broke five once. Yeah. Mikey's hey, like that salesman that, that's selling too good for like three months in a row. And then mm-hmm. he looks at his boss and the boss is like, what? The, the, you, that's it? The next well, month? Let me like, throw this oh, it was great. Let me throw this one thing out there, though. Um, I did actually have a pretty good weekend overall in DraftKings. One of the reasons why I was Gabe Green. Um, I made it a point to tell you guys that I was going to be playing him on a lot of different cards. And he, right in the middle of that, on different cards where I didn't stack the main event, Gabe Green was the difference maker. Scored over 100 points. That guy killed it. He actually made it a profitable weekend for me. So it wasn't a complete loss. The show pick sucked, but the rest of them, like, it actually worked out pretty Sorry, whoa, whoa, your show, your show picks, our show pick did wonderful. <laughs> so fair just, enough, fair enough. We, we're, we're not French yeah. here. This is we, we, and you. This is you and us. We we did great over here. Okay, fine. Well, I picked Gabe Green because neither of you guys even never even heard of the guy when we were on the show. That's so true. That's what I was one hundred percent factual. Mikey likes to look at like the one piece of granule of sand of like light, and he's like, "Oh my god, it's so bright over there." <laughs> I'm just gonna hold this up right now. Okay. <laughs> That orange or clementine? Clementine? Uh, I don't have an orange over here. I was trying to make it work. What do you want from me? Oh my god! <laughs> look at like thank it. you, clementines. I just wrecked you, bro. <laughs> I didn't see it. All good. All good. Uh, we got uh, Namin here hopping in. He subscribed to the channel, man. Thank you. Now, to a few, I'm trying to see anyone else here that has hopped in that I have missed. We got a few more. Uh, Jamie B is in there, man. Helping us with the videos recently. He's hopped in here. Thank you for the super heart there, Jack Girl. We got Mr. Prime himself, Jason right there, and May for Money. He's hopping there in the chat talking to some people. Thank you for everyone for hopping in. We have 366 people here. About The majority of that on Periscope, but well over 100 here watching on the show. We got Mel M hopping in. How are you doing? I say hi to all the people. Who are the people that consistently yep. come and watch us? It's very appreciative. It's like I very, very much appreciate that. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to get a couple of these ones. I want to hit for sure. Okay, well, I mean, we have it. <laughs> Bare minimum, I want to talk about the Anthony Hernandez submission because I just want real, uh, real Mike's take on that, on how ridiculous that was. Just and so then weird. I don't want to, but I feel like we have to talk about the whole Julian Marcus thing and how he crashed and burned after the fight which i thought was hard to do we already talked about a win Uh, we talked about i I do agree if the fight was a five round or even a four round or macy power probably was going to win and i'm not going to get into the goat talk with kamara usman he did look utterly fantastic and he was in a parlay for me so i'm I'm happy all always so um a quick throw it into that rodolfo vieira versus anthony hernandez fight and the submission against such a a touted bjj expert uh real mike what do you think in that one Oh, man. I mean, Rodolfo can make all the excuses in the world and the Brazilians can make all the excuses in the world they want. And every single BJG expert can make all the excuses they want. But I mean, dude, it was absolutely pathetic, bro. I don't really care, man. I All I hear all the time about this guy is world champion this and six time that and seven time blah, blah, blah. I mean, bro, I don't care, bro. It, it's irrelevant. You let a guy named Fluffy. <laughs> nickname is Fluffy. He choked your ass out. He doesn't even have a fucking black belt. It's not a brown belt. I don't even know if he's got a purple belt. But he <laughs> tapped you so, so quick in there after you got tired. He looked like Forrest Gump when he touched Jenny's titties for the first time. He's just like, <laughs> just like, he's so fast. Everything was so fast, you know? Like, he, he pumped chump. It's just, it's disgusting, bro. He should literally, they shouldn't have let him back in Brazil. 
He's disgusting. I don't want to hear anyone say anything good about him. I told you last week on the podcast, if you go back and look at it, that his stand-up sucked. It was garbage. And at the very end of it, I said, you better believe that if, if Fluffy can keep this fight standing, that, that uh, Rodeveira is in big trouble because he ain't all that. And that's exactly what I said. And that's what happened. Pretty sure we had Hernandez. If, if, if I'm mishearing this right, I'm pretty sure I heard this on an interview. He very much uh, asked to get his second stripe on his blue belt. So that just shows how just disrespectful so, that finish so, was. <laughs> congratulations, Fluffy, on that blue belt, though. And not to hate, bro, but like, bro, I mean, I mean, we're not hating on Fluffy now. We're hating on Vieira. Vieira should have taken his black belt off and graced Fluffy with it after that shit. Because Vieira doesn't deserve anything but to be choked by his own black belt till he turns blue. <laughs> it I reminded me of the new Mike Terminator movie. Which oh yeah, it's going down. Oh, no, so it reminded me of the new Terminator movie with the chick, like where after like ten or fifteen seconds of fighting, she just falls apart completely. It was exactly like that. I think her name was Grace. <laughs> that should be his new nickname, Rodolfo Grace Vieira. I'm gonna start the campaign. I'm for it. Yeah. A little inside thing. We got a few nicknames for fighters, but let's keep <laughs> going for it. Uh, Namin letting real Mike know that he's on fire, and absolutely he is. Thank you, Prime himself, for giving us the mic drop award. I'm assuming that's going to real Mike and the super hard from Mal M. Thank you so much. And no. Jamie B, I am not going to get on the PB&J train. I laid out my groundwork. I don't need to get too much into this. We have a limited show, and <laughs> I've already poll, said hey, my piece via text. We had an election. Via we had an election. It's the still, numbers the election's are, still going on. Oh, no, it's still going on, dude. Those things are for 48 hey, hours. That's still hey, going on. So anyone who yeah, wants to I vote on this random. I got a big enough lead. It's over. You're up by like eight votes. Whoever wants to vote on this rant. Pause. Anyone who wants to vote on this random, just random poll. That I got texts about when I was sleeping last night about if a PB and J can be on a tortilla or if it has to be on a sandwich. Mind you, it says PB and J, not PB and J sandwich. Hey, mind you, I, I can't put sandwich on the pole because that would that would make his selection look even worse. So I'd be, I'd no, be no, 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 no. That's because that's it. swing. That's baiting. Exactly. That's what I didn't do. So you're lucky I didn't. I made the poll. I could have made it super biased. But I didn't. I'm still winning. I'm still winning. I'm, I'm many, many votes ahead. Okay. I have Pennsylvania. I got ahead. Michigan. I got all these. I got all these swing state votes. Okay. It's over. It's a wrap. KOPE won it. What well, you don't understand is this is international, and I'm just waiting for a couple people to hop in there. Hey, what's up, Vince? We got Vince Guzman at uh, Vince, aka Beans. He's got a great channel uh, over there. It's just about everything. He's hopping in the chat. How you doing from Alhambra? Probably butchered that. Uh, what's either st- I'm gonna say what state that is because I'm pretty sure you work uh, the loading at a, at the Costco and that's what you've been sending your videos from. Sorry, hit back, I'll reach back. Rephrasing. We're gonna move that. We're gonna move move forward and not talk about that one. Um, Julian Marquez is getting his butt whooped by Mackie Patolo as Mike Gills had talked about. Yes. Um, and then he has a come from behind victory, and then he uses his time to shout out Miley Cyrus. Well, you may yeah. think this is really awkward. Like everyone thinks this is really awkward. And, but she actually responds back. So big kudos on him. She says, if you shave an MC into your chest hair, cause dude's got quite a bit of chest hair. I mean, not, I mean, it's more just long, like not nice and trim. Ryan Richardson hopping from Kansas city. Yes. I know awkward spot to top with trim to chest hair. Either way, mm. get the MC going and then they would see what happens. So he says he, so he's in the, he's in the gold. Everyone collectively in MMA is cheering him on social media. They're giving him huge shout outs, everything like that. And then he follows it up with saying she needs to get a henna tattoo of his nickname on her belly button and then does a horrible Photoshop of it. And then she shuts him down. So like I said, it's like he had a grand slam 
and like actively tried to make it go foul. Why I don't know. Or it's he like as if he was rounding third, he drop kicked the umpire and just like it, well, it, just show, it, it just shows you how dumb the dumbest guy can be. I mean, you you couldn't be handed easier putty than that, bro. I mean, <laughs> she, she, it's like free when you're talking about Miley Cyrus or a porn star. Trust me, me and my brother, we used to do things that I can't even speak of because my lady listens to the show. So <laughs> I'm going to just keep it at that. The point is, Miley Cyrus is easy work once you get her and it's like a little bit of alcohol and some MJ in her. And the fact that you ruined that, bro, put an M, you put a, should have put an MC in your chest so fast that wasn't even funny. But the guy's dumb, just like you said in her uh, post, you know. You could this could have been yours, but you dumb, and he is dumb, bro. Uh, bro, you know how cool it would have looked to have Miley Cyrus at your fight at the next one for mm-hmm. both of them. Foolish fool. And I, one thing I just want to throw out there: my wife just uh, sent this to me. I'm just going to display a little picture here so everyone What's can that? see what's yes. happening. <laughs> yes. Yeah, what, what, that's yes. a wrap. That's called a tortilla. That's a wrap. What is that? Oh, sorry. If you can't can't see what it is, it is. It looks looks disrespectful to a burrito is what it looks like. It looks almost better than mine. I'm I'm sorry to all the Hispanic and all of the Mexicans who have sadly seen this disgusting display on a tortilla. (laughs) Yeah, PB&J is on on bread, not on a tortilla, bro. Tortilla is bread. It's flatbread. It's in the name. We've been over hey, bro. this. Dude, tortilla is used for tacos and burritos. We don't use PB&J on them. It's it's known. You lost the poll, dude. It's over. I don't care the poll. I know what bread is. Yeah. You don't know how to eat because you're supposed to chew with your mouth shut. I'm arguing. He's trying to anyway. participate in the conversation, apparently. <laughs> Sorry. I'm scrolling back to let everybody know. We'll share it again. Yeah, there's three hours left in said poll. So if you're watching this live, feel yeah. free to hop in on that. Yeah, Mike. Mike had his chance. Give me five seconds. That's all I need. That's all right. Delicious. Hey, it's peanut hey. butter and jelly. Just vote on it. Vote for go, me. Go I'm Google. Awesome. Go Google peanut butter and jelly and see what you find, bro. It'll pop up and tell you it's supposed to be on bread. You're a fool. I don't want to go over this all day. Bread is a flatbread. Is bread. I win. It's over. It's over. Let's keep going. <laughs> We're not eating matzo right now, bro. We're talking about <laughs> bread, leavened bread that actually rises with yeast. Shush. We're going to, if you guys can't see, I'm doing a hand gesture to the screen. Yes. I'm because done. at the end of the day, this is an MMA show. So and I already I'm going to get a bit, 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 bit. We're, we're, we're going to start bringing in the rule where we have to raise our hands to speak. Yep. <laughs> don't, don't mind me. It's just, at least just for this portion here, mm-hmm. bringing it down a notch. Sorry, I'm just bring, bring, bringing everything a little bit lower. Um I don't know how we went from Julian Marquez to that, but um, we don't. We're not. We're not going to break down that fight card anymore. We told you what happened. Told you how great we did on it from a betting aspect, for a personal aspect, all that stuff. How consistently we're still doing on DraftKings. So I'm thinking it's time to move on. So I'm can I just say on. one one more thing from that event? It's very quick. Very quick. Go for it. Um, John Anik during the Ricky Simone Brian Kelleher fight, he actually the glare said, is so bad on that. Well, he said that um, Simone actually squeezed a hole in Brian Kelleher's head. I just want to point out that it's actually the dumbest thing I've heard a UMC commentator ever say. Maybe even the dumbest in all of MMA, including Gus Johnson. Just had to throw that one out there. That's true. I will give you that. But we are going to move on to a fight that, yes, a fight card that I was beyond excited to have. Like, no, take it back. We're going to go back to the original statement. Fight. I was very much looking forward to that we did break down and then Blades tested positive for COVID. So that went away. Thank you, Ryan Richardson, for that amazing 
hi award i'm saying hi right back and also hi to all 500 or so of you watching in live right now very much appreciate everyone hopping in feel free to share or hop in comment we got a bunch of people talking within the chat throw questions out there if need be we would love to respond to them and get back at you we're going to ufc vegas 19 Blades first, Lewis. Uh, I apologize if the order is a little bit off. They seem to be updating it as these new fights are getting thrown in. But the first one that I have listed is Drakkar Close, who's minus 175, versus Violent Bob Ross, Lewis Penna, plus 155. Real Mike, break down this first fight for me. Yeah, man, on this one, uh, Luis Pena, uh, super long, uh, super long, has good range, uh, he, decent all-around game. Um, I, but it's he's just iffy, man. You know, like uh, after uh, his his fluke performance uh, that he had, where he lost I, this one um, versus Jakar Close. I, I really liked uh, Jakar Close. I wanted to bet him. What I don't like is the line where it's at right now. It's a little bit uh, steeper than I'd like it. Uh, the opening line was much more. Uh, I guess edible or something that I would want to bite on. But uh, so I want to pick like a tortilla. Just, Sorry. That was yeah. the last time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> time. ridiculous. Yeah. You're, lo you're losing. You got 36% of the votes. Doesn't mean I don't need it. That's I'm a long time. 36%. Hey, hey, but uh, back to business. Uh, Jakar close is wrestling uh, to me is going to be way better. He's uh shorter. has got the lower hips. He's going to be able to uh, take down Pena in my opinion, as long as he doesn't get caught in some kind of lanky submission, I believe uh, Jakar close wins. Uh, yeah, staying on Jakar close, uh, 9,000 on DraftKings. Just uh, dovetailing off of you were just saying, important to note that for Pena, his submission is going to be a big way for him to kind of get a victory in this. I don't see that happening anyway, but it's just worth noting that uh, close has never been submitted in his entire career. Another thing for Pena that you don't want to like is that he's coming in off this short notice and not to be too disrespectful, I think we can safely say that he's pretty much a clear step down in terms of skill from what Close has been facing recently. Um, you throw in the short notice, and I don't want to waste a whole lot of time. We've already wasted enough on sandwiches. But for DraftKings, $9,000, I don't really like Close that much enough for a finish. Uh, there's a lot of guys at the higher end of this that I do like a lot better. So this fight for me is a complete pass. I don't like Pena as an underdog. I don't like Close at a $9,000 price tag on DraftKings. So for me, just complete pass, but Close is the pick. Sandwiches are made with bread. Jesus. <laughs> Bread's made with wheat flour, so our tortillas. Thank you for oh, the and super and clap and award. Beep. Thank you for the super clap award. <laughs> I mean, really appreciate that. And then quickly, I'm going to quick go through these. Uh, we got Vince asking what the undercard for Blades versus Lewis is and quick read through those. So, yes, the order is different because things have been made. But we're going to hit them all. Uh, Rafael Alves versus Pat Sabini. That. Zabidi, that's a new one. Even got a guy with a faded out picture. That's how great that is. Jared Gordon versus Danny Chavez. Drucker Close, Louis Penny. That's one we just talked about. Eddie Wineland, John Castaneda, Nate Landwehr, Julian Arosa, Shayna Dobson, Casey O'Neill. If you can't tell, it's a gigantic fight card. Chase Kelly yeah. versus Jamal Emmers. Ayman Zahabi, Draco Rodriguez, Sergey Spivak versus Jared Endera. That's just the prelims, and we'll obviously get to the main card eventually. This is a 15-fight card. I mean, we're saying that now. Guaranteed at least two fights are going to fall through. Minimum, I'm going to say over under at two. But um, I'd bet the over on terms of how many people are going to back out of here. So, Yassine hopping in. How you doing, man? From St. Petersburg. That's right. All the way from St. Petersburg. I forgot about that. I say all the way when we're on the internet and everyone is just as close as we are to this screen. <laughs> oh, sorry. I didn't give my take. Um, yes. I don't like Luis Pena 
that's just flat out there. So I try to make that not be one of the breakdowns for me. It, it gets difficult because there are fair, there's fighters that I have issues with, and I do like drug her close here. The minus 175 is ridiculous. And yes, for uh, DraftKings 9,000, sorry, I don't think he's going to hit that. I think it's yeah. going to be a relatively close fight that he can clearly win, but it's going to be close enough in spots that that minus 175 is going to make me a bit nervous. If this was a pick em, or I believe the open had him at minus 135, that's about where I had it lined, maybe even a little bit lower. I probably had him about minus 150, but there or higher, I wouldn't touch it. So if it was at that minus 135 that I saw the open, I probably would have played that uh, twin one unit, but now we're starting to get a little bit too high where it's putting a lot in there for Drecker Close, who I think is a better fighter than Luis Pena, but I don't think he's a good fighter. So it's, although I do, I have bad things to say about Luis Pena, so I'm not going to stick with that. So I'm going to move <laughs> on. God, man, there's another fighter I'm going to say bad things about. Try not to do that anymore. Next up, we have uh, Eamon Zahabi, at least on our order. He's plus 155 versus Draco Rodriguez, minus 175. Mikey Gills, tell me about the spoon-fed brother of Ross Zahabi. <laughs> I'm already doing it. I'm already doing it. I'm um, against Draco Rodriguez. All right, so Eamon Zahabi, 7,500 on DraftKings. Draco Rodriguez, 87. Uh, in the interest of saving time, I feel like I can put this in the simplest terms. Eamon Zahabi, you know, dedicated martial artist. Like, I'm sure in the gym, he's a guy that – all the training partners probably like him. He can probably teach anybody anything in the gym. He'll give any, anybody in the gym is going to get a tough round from this guy. I just don't think he's a real fighter. Like you go through his record. I'm looking at it. Like it, he's a guy with a famous last name and he's using it to cash in, in fighting lower chair guys. The only winning records this guy had faced prior to his UFC debut were a two and oh and a three, three and one guy. And then you look like in his second UFC fight, he gets knocked out. He takes two years off in between fights. He comes back, he loses again. And now he's out for close to two years again, coming back in against Draco Rodriguez. You know, Draco, young, talented, well-rounded. Like, you watch his fights. He has, like, really good hands. He's not going to let you rest for a second when he has you hurt. He follows up the punches. He jumps on submissions. A lot of power, really tight squeeze. He Like, when this guy gets you hurt, he's just a problem. So the pick is Rodriguez, $8,700 on DraftKings. Really, really solid mid-range. Can't talk. Mid-range play. I like him. He finishes most of his fights. His style lends to finishes. I like him in the spot. Sounds good to me. Yeah, if you go and listen to the show, we have a like the ugly dockling or the you know the the Shevchenko light. We got uh, wh- who else are we missing here? Uh, we got it's another weird because it's a coach's brother. I'm not sure we have one for that. Uh, Maybe we, we can call like, him like the the water. Yeah, well, so that's even worse. So he's not even the good. So there's only one of them, and they they're still not a good one. That's how bad it is. So uh, Zahabi, man, like you said, just because his brother's here and his connections, that's the real reason why he's here. Um, you know, he, probably a great dude, probably in the gym, probably dominates everyone there, but this is a fight. Uh, I, I really think that uh, Rodriguez is going to absolutely dominate him. Uh, his leg kicks are vicious. He doesn't mind standing, and his, his ground game is good as well. I think that he's just going to absolutely batter uh, Zahabi and just finish him. So I think that's why the line is steamed. I'm Rodriguez all day. I was almost going to bet him. Yeah, I think finally people are coming to terms with the fact that Eamon Zahabi has looked good because his brother very much carefully curated his road to the UFC fighting once a year versus guys in a very specific area that he would be able to beat. Although all the skills are there, I don't think he has killer instinct, but all the skills are there in pieces. So it's he is good. That's the hard thing. He is good. But I, he's not UFC caliber. And I know that uh, meaning has gotten really hazy over the last couple of years, but 
I think he's going to lose to Draco Rodriguez. But again, this is one of those times similar to the Lewis Pena fight where I'm so low on one of the fighters on the other side that I try to stay away in terms of a bet because I know for a fact I have personal bias in here. Um, so that's why I have no bet whatsoever, but a pick would be Draco Rodriguez. Uh, thank you, Lynn, for that Creative Genius Award. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that one for myself, just, just personally. Um, I don't know if that was meant for somebody else, but I'm just going to take that one. And the amazing awards that Ryan, Mr. Kick Your Bass himself, is thrown out there. And just quickly before we move on, a big thank you. We are at about 9.09 here for live. Obviously, predominantly coming through Periscope, but we are closing on 200 just watching here on Haps. Let's break some records here, man. We got what? We got up to uh, 1,900 last time. Let's break that, man. We're, we're almost halfway there. We're barely even, not quite halfway into the show. We can do this. We got this. Man, psh, nah, ooh, not me. I, psh, I'm supporting women, too. Sorry, it's the Disappointing <laughs> Women Award for $3. And we got $3 women. to do that. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll support women for that. I'll support them for free, but there we go. <laughs> um, next up, we have... Another fight that I'm trying to take my personal bias out of it. I think I've been able to because at one point I've had it for both guys. So it kind of balances itself out. Uh, Juliana Rose says minus 115 versus Nate Landwehr, Nate Train at minus 105. Real Mike, I know we're on the same side of this one, but talk to me about Arosa versus Landwehr. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a good fight. You know, it's not... Uh... It's not that I don't like Erosa, but it's just I like Nate a lot more. I think Nate uh, is a little bit underrated. Um, you know, he's got a lot of experience uh, in, in other organizations that are with some really good strikers. I like his striking a lot. Um, Julian Erosa, you know, uh, man, you know, he, he's just iffy, man. He's, I, I can never trust him. Um you know he's been in and out of the UFC, I believe, in, uh, as well. He just isn't. It's just isn't the guy I ever want to bet on. Um, but Nate Landwehr, man, his all-around mixed martial art game is really good, dude. I mean, with either it's stand-up or his wrestling transitions and all that stuff, I, I really think that he's just far superior, and he's just absolutely going to give Julian Erosa fits here. So this is going to be a Bob and I's bet, and I'll, I'll let Bob get into the the next uh, portion of it. Mike Gills, by all means, you can go first, and then I'll hop in and give the particulars for. Me and real Mike. Oh yeah, sure. So this is the rare tie on DraftKings of price. Both of these guys are coming in at eighty one hundred dollars, which I actually, which I actually love. We'll get to that in a second. Uh, when you look at Juliana Rosa, like he had a really bad first two attempts in the UFC. He lost to Artem Lubov on tough. That's that's a tough beat. Then he goes zero and three in his second run. Uh, now coming after this one, he's coming off a bad case of COVID. Things just aren't really lining up. Going against Nate Landwehr again, eighty one hundred dollars. Uh, Look, Nate, Nate Lambert should probably win this fight. He's faced the better guys. He's beaten the better guys. He hasn't lost to the absolute worst guy. My only issue with Lambert is that he fights like he's only allowed to be paid in bonus money sometimes, and that that bothers me. It, but when you look at him fight, like, I don't know. I don't know how can I say it? Like, from a standpoint of skill, Lambert should win this fight. It's hard to like be super confident just because both their fight styles, but Lambert has the power to keep Arosa from just coming forward and bullying him around the cage. I'm running out of breath from bullying him around the cage, which is kind of what Arosa needs to do to have success. Like, plus, like, Arosa, like, he has a handful of knockout losses in his career, and Lamware does seem to be, like, that kind of asshole that would brag about giving a guy CTE. And, you know, while that's terrible, I have to respect that when I'm putting money on DraftKings. So for $8,100 on DraftKings uh, with Lamware's ability, with his style, I think that's an absolute gift. I would have lined these guys up a little bit differently than that. I would have had Lamware as a mid-range play. I'm really excited. $8,100. I love him at that price. 
Let's go. Mm-hmm. Quick pause. I'll give the particulars on that. We got Pablo in the chat from the Haps team himself. How are you doing? I'm Michael Bather showing in from Toronto. Thank you for hopping in. Thank you for the support. And he says he loves our show. Well, check out his show here on Haps. He does great stuff as well. Super entertaining. Thank you for the award. Mel M, very much appreciate it. And I know I say that quickly and frequently, but that's just because you guys are showing so much support, even Pablo himself giving us an appreciation award. Well, you know what? We appreciate you too. And Jackie Girl for throwing the Stay Safe Award. We repeat it because it's true. And just because I say it a lot of times doesn't mean it loses its meaning. It's just that you guys are being so generous that that's why it keeps coming out more and more. But specifically to the Julian Arosa Renate Landwehr fight, I don't think Julian Arosa does well fighting backwards, and that's one thing he has to do against Nate Landwehr, who will perpetually go forward. Uh, he does leave his chin up a little bit and can take something. He leaves himself open in times to take shots. He has a good chin, so he should be able to handle the majority of it, and he does throw quite – I think Mike Gills put it very well, where he's always fighting like he's going for performance of the night bonus, yes. and that will bite him. I don't think it will here because I don't think – that Arosa has the skills to do that. The hard thing about Arosa is he has such crazy flashes of brilliance that just just come out of nowhere. Like he 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 performs higher than he should at times and way lower than he should at times. He's all over the place. He's a roller coaster, and I don't think this is one. Like I, that's the I'm fumbling over my words. Sorry. Very <laughs> very long day in the freezing cold. <laughs> Arosa has the skill to beat Landwehr. I'm going to say three out of ten times. And it's going to look fantastic when he does. But the vast majority of the time, Nate Landwehr is just going to take it to him. And I actually think he has a good chance for a finish over the course of two rounds, just putting tons of volume on him and getting a late second or early third round finish. And yes, that's part of the reason this is our bet, because anytime you have the fact that you think the guy is A, the better fighter, and B, has a high probability of getting a finish, and it's at even money. I'm sorry, we got to go with that. And since this is similar to last week, where both me and Real Mike both like it, that's what it takes for us to have a twin two unit bet. And he's minus 105 now, so that'd be 2.1 units to win you guys two on our bet there on Nate Landwehr. Quick pause, quick hello, and thank you. We got Randy Horton in here. Check out his show here on Haps and everything else. He has helped us get to a new level in terms of viewership. What with our special guest show that he hopped on and then everything past that point, it's just kind of been snowballing ever since then. And why I have confidence that we could break our record tonight. Let's get after it. Moving on to a amazing heavyweight yes. for a couple reasons. One, you've got the aged veteran. But can it's just holding on to it somehow begrudgingly. I personally, I feel like he'd still be winning if he had his flowing locks. That that's just legit. <laughs> like way back when, in like 2006, when they just, it just shook in the air. It was wonderful. Andre Arlovsky, plus 210 versus Tom Aspinall, minus 250. Who is that new, young, hungry? heavyweight that I'm excited to see where he goes. And I'm going to go to Mikey Gills first in this one because I know he has a high ceiling for Tom Aspinall. Yes, we're going to start with Andre Olofsky at 7,000 on DraftKings, Tom Aspinall at 9,200. Full disclosure to you guys, I did not watch any fight tape leading up to this. Didn't feel it was necessary. I did, however, I did, (laughs) however, watch the movie Logan and I was able to get some great insight for this. In one corner, we have the old, tired, weathered, beat up Logan who can still win fights against the right opponents. 
On the other side, we have the younger clone. We have the X-24, as he's known in the movie. He's bigger, stronger, faster, more ferocious, better than everything Wolverine is at everything he's ever done. Old Man Logan's adamantium chin is gone. It's basically just aluminum foil at this point. His claws don't extend like they used to. He's seemingly just hanging around, trying to get enough money so that he can retire on a boat. And I respect that. I do. But young clone Logan doesn't want a boat. Young clone Logan is a killing machine whose sole focus is to destroy whatever is in front of him. Arlovsky has been getting his beak folded sideways like Daffy Duck since the early 2000s. It's both an incredible achievement and an indictment on the heavyweight division that Arlovsky is still active. But the future is now. The next generation is here, and it's about to land on Arlovsky's face. Tom Aspinall, pro boxer. We used to talk about what Arlovsky would do as a boxer. Aspinall just went ahead and did it. Training partner of Tyson Fury, black belt on the ground in BJJ. Future title contender who's going to be a nightmare for anybody going forward. There is no such thing as a lock in MMA. But at $9,200 on DraftKings, Tom Aspinall is as close as you can get to it. Put him in your lineup and just don't even argue. Do it. <laughs> yeah, you know, every single week we kind of have a sad fight of the, you know, the show, and this is kind of one of them. Uh, Tom Aspinall is just an absolute savage. You know, uh, you know, it, it's not that Arlovsky wasn't, it's just he isn't anymore. And uh, uh, Tom Aspinall is. He's just big, young, strong, BJJ black belt, like Mikey said, loves to stand, long reach, hasn't had his nose folded back at all, uh, hasn't been in all those wars, hasn't had the CTE that's gone on. Uh, normally, I like to pick the OG, but this is not the spot, man. This is a spot where they're feeding a, uh, an old, old lion to a hungry, hungry monster, and that monster is Tom Aspinall. Tom Aspinall is going to absolutely destroy, destroy Andre Olavsky. It's going to be a finish real easy. Sorry. Just re-reminding in my head, for all of those of you who are curious, the movie Logan is based off the comic series Old Man Logan. Yes. where Wolverine is aged. It's a limited series. He's on a farm. It's kind of a post-apocalyptic type deal, but it, it's, 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 it's enjoyable. I liked it. Yes, I know it got super geeky. There's thousands of comics in the basement that would attest to that, and this is why I'm not a stick and ball sports fan, but these times we got people punching each other in the face. It's just, it's just better. <laughs> it's just better that way. No, and uh, we got uh, Cage My IQ from Twitter, something uh, the Twitter science that's from, that's from Periscope. He said, surprise, Aspinall is the favorite with the few fights in the UFC he has had, but he has two first round stoppages. The biggest thing there is he is a finisher and has shown that he can connect in a major way and also has the ground game to back it up to keep him safe. And Arlovsky's chin isn't what it once was, although he has had that veteran savvy where he is willing to push it to the decision. And I wanted to bring that up actually, because if you want to take any type of a stab on Arlovsky, if he's going to win, it's going to be decision in my opinion. And uh, that gets you plus 335 if you want a little bit more. And then uh, real Mike, I'm sorry, Mike Gills, I want to quick ask you. Yes. So, so I know you're super high on uh, Aspinall. Would you say that the utter vast majority of his victories in this fight is going to be inside the distance or? Oh, 100% inside the distance. Uh, Arlovsky, he's, he's been doing this thing later on in his career. I, there's other fighters, as they get older, they start trying to play it smarter, like an Overeem type thing. But he still has the same exact problem is that if you corner him against the cage. Uh, one thing, I guess you could look back to like the Brett Rogers fight is when you first really start to notice that Arlovsky cannot move backwards. He moves in a straight line, leaves his chin hanging right out there. And it's never really changed since then. And uh, Tom Aspinall has the speed and the power. He's going to come in and clip him. I, I don't see this going into the second round. And the reason I wanted to bring that up is because if you like Aspinall and you're very confident in Aspinall, I would agree, likely he's going to get the finish. So it's either going to be 
Andre Arlovsky decision or Aspinall inside the distance specifically. Don't, don't even go to a TKO because you're not getting much more value on that. And yes, it is still favorite odds, but you can get them at minus 120 if you're going for inside the distance as opposed to the minus 240 to pay for them completely full out, full stop there. So I said, I said minus 240. The odds have updated on one, but the nodes are different either way. If you're very confident to get the finish, go team. And this is another reason that I think my order is different judging by the next fight because I can only imagine the Andre Lassie-Aspinall fight is higher up on the card. But with all the add-ons, things get jumped around quite a bit. So we're going to like go from that fight, which I think is a phenomenal fight, to another fight, which we have already broken down before. And I almost don't feel like doing it again, but I guess we <laughs> have to. Sergey Spivak is minus 245 versus Jared Vandera plus 205. Real Mike, talk to me about these heavyweights you know man i i'm not a big fan of heavyweights uh you know it's very rare where i want to bet him or even uh, get into it especially you know sergey spivak you know he's he's very sloppy and weird and just awkward man uh he's not like uh, a savage in any sense he's not really good in in one particular realm of mma but he's just like kind of just good and and big you know like the negative 245 to me is just a lot man I, i just i don't I would never pay that for him, you know? And just so for me, uh, the money on Jared Vandera as the underdog, especially, you know, when these big boys hit each other, it just takes one hit in the back of the head or top of the temple. It changes everything. So uh, if it was me, I'd be putting uh, putting in Vandera at that dog money. But I wouldn't touch this fight. I don't touch heavyweight fights. They're just, just terrible to me. I'm the exact opposite. I'm a huge fan of fun, and that's pretty much what heavyweight is. It's just you never know what's going to happen. Fights end in like three seconds. I love it. Um, but no, this is actually a pretty interesting matchup here. Like, you know, Vandera has a style. Like, he can be a real problem for Spivak if he's allowed to stay at range. Like, he's taller. He's longer. He has, like, really good kicks. And he can soften up Spivak if, he, if he's in a position where he's forced to strike from range. Like, Vandera, he's got that size and power. Put anybody out. But the one thing about him that makes him special, especially against Sergey Spivak, is he also has solid grappling. Like, he has a background in wrestling. He's got a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And you watch him, whenever he gets on top of opponents, even on the local scene, I understand the talent's different. But once he gets you down there, this guy, long and powerful, he has really good ground and pound. Like, you know, Spivak, he's he's not a scrub. He can fight at range, too, on the feet. Uh, He doesn't even need to. He likes to get in close. He pushes his opponents against cage. He likes to fight dirty. He can get uh, on top. You do the same thing I just talked about with Mandera, but the the difference is he's also really good off his back. As a straight pick like, I guess just based off experience, I would have to take Spivak based on his quality of competition. Like, I've seen him in there. I've seen him do it. But just talking DraftKings, Vandera is a solid dog play. He's only $7,100. He's legitimately dangerous in multiple areas. And, like, I I love him at this. Like, I I would recommend uh, Vandera at 71 way more than I would recommend Spivak at 91. So, uh, as far as dogs go, I love Vandera. And I'm going to play him this weekend at 71 in a lot of different lineups. Yeah. And if we both agree, that's some trouble on an underdog. (laughs) Sorry, since you said that he's uh, no scrub, I've just been singing that song in my head for the last two minutes. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I don't want no scrubs. scrubs. The TLC. Yeah, I can't get no love from me. All right, folks. All right. <laughs> sorry. sorry. <laughs> so I zoned out on that one. So I blacked out for a minute. Blacked out for a minute. Uh, actually, I got some news quick to break on the show for all those of you now in HAPS watching live or anyone on, on any other device that wants to hop in on haps big thank you major 
major thank you to Pablo and the whole HAPS team. Our show is now open officially to accepting sponsorships of this show. So viewers oh. can now sponsor our show. $5, $10, $20. That all goes monthly. Thank you so much for Ryan Richardson, our man, throwing in a $4 monthly subscription on there. That's amazing. Thank you, Pablo, for the Mighty Trump Award thrown on there. So if anyone listening to this, all 1,000 of you, although it's pretty much split right now between Periscope and here on HAPS, you can now sponsor the show on a monthly basis, and we would appreciate that. Ooh, got the mic drop for the sing. I appreciate that. We'd say, hey, throw a couple more of those awards in. We'll throw in more songs. I'm, now I'm we don't sell sandwiches anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to argue sandwiches anymore. We can they actually can afford bread for those sandwiches. It doesn't have to go further. Um, in terms of this fight, I say it probably once a show, if not last week, I said like four times in the show, but it kind of held true, is low-level heavyweight fights. What do I say about low-level heavyweight fights or low-level WMA fights is you go with the dog if there's any value. This is plus 205. You would end up ahead if you go there for the most part. And uh, Vandera has a path to victory, so you might as well throw a little on him if you're confident. Uh, or DraftKings, I can really understand in, in this matchup him making, because if he gets a finish, he's going to more than make up for his salary. So, by all means, yes, TLC is the key. Absolutely. <laughs> Michael Bowser. I'm 100% with you on that one. We'll keep going with that no, no matter what. So, uh, my pick here is Vandera, because just... Based off that, I've been kind of keeping track of it, and honestly, it, it builds up over time. And you can't necessarily count that because even uh, from the previous fight, because even though Andre Orlovsky is on his way down and Tom Aspinall is on his way up, I would consider those guys more that next tier of heavyweights, um, although obviously the dog can still happen. But here in this one, Jared Vandera, the plus 205. Go team. Next up, we have someone that uh, everyone's getting a little bit high on Jamal Emmers, but it's Chase Skelly, Chaz Skelly, plus 200 versus Jamal Emmers, minus 240. Mike and Gills, talk to me about this fight. All right, uh, Chaz Skelly coming in at 7,400 on DraftKings, Jamal Emmers coming in at 8,800. Uh, right away, I don't think this fight's going to be particularly close. Jamal Emmers, like, he's been in there against a ton of tough guys. He's looked really good. Um, I have it out of order, but we're going to talk about the. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about like Giga Chikadze later with a different fight, but we'll get to that later. Um, we're starting to see how dangerous Emmer style can be. We saw him against Chikadze and how good he looked against them. When you go against Skelly, like he's the type of guy, like he kind of needs to have a, a grappling advantage to have success. Like he's got really solid grappling once it hits the map, but it's a matter really of whether or not he can get it there. When you talk about Emmer's, like he's got really solid wrestling, particularly defensive wrestling, and it's going to be tough for Skelly to get this fight to the ground where he wants it. Uh, and if you can't get it down there, that's advantage Emmers all day, but it's it's on the feet with this fight where the difference is. That's not really up for debate. Emmers is the cleaner striking, and that's where he's going to win this fight. And for $8,800, I just I see him as a really good mid-range play. You could do a lot worse on this card. There's guys above him for several hundred dollars more that I don't recommend. I would rather play Emmers above, like we were just talking about, uh, Spivak on the last one. I'd rather play Emmers over him. So, yeah, just uh, straight away, I don't recommend Skelly as an underdog. I'm all in on Emmers. Yeah, man, I'm pretty much going to echo the same. Uh, Jamal Emmers, uh, I just think, has got a higher ceiling. He hasn't peaked at all. He's just continuously learning. He's got a really good ground game, really good stand-up. Uh, Charles Skelly, you know, he's been here. He's been in a few wars, but he's he's an aged old dog. You know, he just he hasn't got the same pipe, uh, pep in him. Uh, I believe he also had uh, COVID, and he's still kind of recovering from uh, that, that um, incident that he had with uh, lungs-wise, so he's still not getting the, the best 
uh, breathing. So I just, uh, you know, Emmer's here, I just believe all day long is just absolutely going to dominate Chaz Skelly. Uh, like uh, Mikey said, whether it's on the ground or on the feet, uh, Chaz Skelly to me is in big trouble. So either, uh, you know, Emmer's finishes him or it's going to be a decision victory from Emmer's, but I just got Emmer's all day. For me, the, the time off for Skelly is, I, I just can't, I can't. Um, if this was a matchup closer to a time that he's fought, I might want to play the dog because I know Skelly just has this weird pop chances of just locking in a sub. Um, he's great. He's a great finisher once he locks it in. And I think Jamal Emers can be tested still. He's not quite to the fighter he's going to be, even though he's already I think, 31. So he's already kind of reaching full maturation. But um Chess Kelly hasn't fought in we're coming on two years now. It's 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 a rough scenario. He, he's a guy that needs to fight more frequently, and I wish he did. He's super entertaining, but no, nah, I'm I'm with uh Embers here. The only way I might take a shot on Skelly is uh, by sub. Actually, I'm gonna those get those odds for you guys if they have that one available. Um, because I don't think Skelly's gonna win the decision. That's not a thing that's gonna happen. Skelly inside the distance is plus four seventy, and then specifically him by submission. I just saw that one a second ago. Skelly. Oh, I'm gonna move on from here because it's apparently not finding it immediately. When I don't find it immediately, I might as well just move on. There it is, plus six forty. So either plus three fifty or plus six forty. If you get the feeling that I would rather do that than just him straight, because it's gonna be in the distance if he's gonna pull it off. He's gonna sneak something, whether it's a powerful shot or a submission. So that's just what it's at. Uh, we're, we're trying to move on because obviously it's a long fight card and we're still trying to stay <laughs> somewhat close to an hour, even when we have ten minute debates on sandwiches. But yeah, to the uh, it's all good to the. Um, 1100 people of you hopping in here we had a few people oh sorry i, I forgot our, our our mantra here santiago ponzinibbio santiago ponzinibbio okay we're going to any eddie wyland the first ever wec bantamweight champion if you don't know what the wc is that's where a lot of your favorite lower weight class men came from about a decade ago at this point um he's plus 105 against john Casaneda, minus 125 real mike talk to me about the man that was a champion and now has a silly mustache. <laughs> yeah, on this fight, you know, Eddie Wineland, uh, OG, you know, been around the game for a long time, you know, been in a ton of wars. He, he you know, has really good stand-up and, and good movement. The problem with him that I've never liked is when he got his jaw broken uh, like six, seven years ago, ever since that day, it, it's just been a little iffy wondering if uh, it's going to withstand the the cracks from the other contestants in the octagon. So, uh, you know, that's that's the only iffy feeling I have on it. But John Casanenda, you know, he's, he does not have the experience, not near the experience that Eddie Wineland has. Eddie Wineland isn't so deteriorated where he could – uh, where this newcomer should be able to come in here and teach this old dog a lesson, uh, you know. Uh, so I, I just really feel like Eddie Wineland says fight to win. I thought about even betting it, but uh, you know, I, I just he doesn't have enough to give me that. But uh, Eddie Wineland, he should roll here. He's the OG. He's got more experience. Uh, he's got more to offer, in my opinion. But uh, you know, I, I'm just gonna stay away from this bet. Yeah, I don't. Have, I don't have a really strong lean on this either. Like Eddie Wineland, 7900, Castaneda at 8300 on DraftKings, like. With Wineland, like, I, I don't believe that, like, getting knocked out by O'Malley is a reason to think that your career's over as much as, like, being a 36-year-old. Let's talk about the wars that you just talked about that he was in. Being 36 years old with that level of damage in those lighter weight classes, like, that to me is a sign that your career is kind of winding down. And it's just, like, you look at Eddie Wineland's style. Like, great striker, always has been, but 
he he does have that negative. Like he is like the final boss of like all like the let me bang bros. Like shouldn't have said bang bros. Shouldn't have said bang bros. Sorry. Uh, but like no, he's like very hittable. He's always had that like hands down reaction based striking where you know he, he tries to time that opening and when it works it's great and when it doesn't like you know that's how you get 14 losses on your record. Like his style requires timing and athleticism for those things to work in perfect concert together. And as you get older, they both fall off at the same time. And what we're seeing now is what we saw against O'Malley. It's just that slower, compromised version. So my picks cast an eight in this fight. It's just a bit more about where I like him on DraftKings, which isn't very much. So I don't really recommend anybody in this fight. Like, do I a mid-range play at 8,300 for a guy that I'm not really sold on at all? Like, Weinland could easily come back and win this fight. It's just he's the older guy. I'm going to roll Castaneda here. I'm kind of rambling a little bit. I'm sorry. But Castaneda pick, don't recommend him for DraftKings. Um, picking Eddie Weinland, but that's 100% a heart play completely. Um, he is a full-time firefighter. Trains part-time fighter. That's why he's been fighting about once a year. But he has always come to the um, Chicago land. He he's a firefighter just over the state border between Illinois and Indiana, just into Indiana. He had done a lot of traveling into the Chicago land area to do a lot of training. Uh, did a lot of stuff with the current uh, I guess current cousins because they're not brothers uh, back in the day, and a few of those other guys that were big into the WEC and a couple of stuff in this area. Always loved his style. Always been a big supporter of his. And when he gets, I've, I've been in the arena in Chicago when he's gotten a come from behind the knockout when he's decided not to wrap his hands like he never does and just throw a strike. So, I mean, his style doesn't work. Like you talk about his, his the timing of the shots. He's not as fast as he once was, but it lands. It lands great. This is one of the ones that if he was plus 200 because he was getting that much disrespect, I'd throw a little bit on it because he's going to fight for your money. He's absolutely going to fight for your money, but he also might get laid out completely plus 105. I won't take it there. The pick is Wineland. I would need to be much higher if it was going to be a bet. Next up, the winner of the biggest upset last year, which is just ridiculous, uh, Shana Dobson, plus 125 here versus Casey O'Neill, minus 145. Mikey Gills, give me some. Yeah, Shana Dobson, 7,700. And, uh, you know, the upset aside, she's not very good, is she? No, just <laughs> <laughs> no, she lost three in the last four, two and three altogether after coming into the UFC. And she entered the UFC as a two and one pro. I mean, what what's going on here? Coming up against... Uh, Casey O'Neill, 8,500 on DraftKings, undefeated as a pro, making her UFC debut. But it's like, what are we doing here? It's 4-4 four four versus 5-0 and in the UFC. I looked into it. I have a little bit of a theory about this fight. I think the UFC sees something in O'Neill, and they're setting her up for a win here. Hear me out. Dobson loses three straight in the UFC. Instead of cutting her, they decide to put Dobson on Agapova's highlight reel. But no, she outlasts, and after taking early beating, she survives, pulls off the miracle. But Dobson still sucks. She's not that good. The UFC knows this. So, enter Casey O'Neill. Undefeated, 5-0 fighter, decent amateur career, fins, finishes her amateur career with five straight wins. Just another possible door to that Australian market. We know the UFC loves their foreign market fighters. So this fight screams set up to me. I'm going to pick Casey O'Neill. 8,500, though. I have to see it from her first. Mid-range, this is a pass for me. Play it if you play it if you feel comfortable with the, with the conspiracy theory, but I'm going to stay away from it. Yeah, yeah. If you watch, the, if you listen to the podcast, you know the, this is my absolute favorite. You know, it's just low class MMA from women. So uh, this is just another one of those. This is gross. You know, uh, Dobson got so lucky with Agapoga, Agapoga, Agapogov, whatever you say, however you say it. I don't. I, I wasn't really fond of her in the general. Um, Agapogov when Dobson was fighting her, and then she went out and finished her with an upset, and then got all this hype. But uh, on with this one, O'Neal, she comes out of uh, Tiger Muay Thai, I believe. But uh, because of COVID, she's now at uh, 
extreme couture working on a wrestling also she has the benefits of then you know going to vegas or to the pi down in vegas and getting help from them um i don't think they're doing that for dobson i, I just really don't think so uh, i think that dobson got lucky i think that you know you know good for her but in this situation i really feel like mikey hit it on the dot that they're setting o'neill up for a win here just like they thought they were setting dobson up for a loss last time um so i, I really think that o'neill is the, the play here and that she's more superior in every way blindly about the dogs and lower class female mma moving on jared <laughs> gordon is plus 125 yep, that's all i got on i'm sorry it's literally all i got this has to be the wrong order. I do not understand how this is ahead of other fights. I'm very much pro top-tier female MMA. It's awesome. This is not that. That's why I'm moving on. Jared Gordon, plus 125 versus Danny Chavez, minus 145. Real Mike, talk to me about Jared Gordon versus Chavez. Yeah, this is an interesting one. You know, I, I don't have a lot of like for Jared Gordon, so I, I I don't know if it's just pure hatred for him and his drug addict past or whatever it may be. So I try, I'm trying just to not, you know, put my emotions into it. But um, I, I think that uh, Jared Gordon, you know, it is he's just not all there mentally, you know, um, anyone that, you know, that's, you know, no disrespect to people who get into drugs and then come back through it and all that. But most of the people who get on drugs. Don't, I just don't think they're as strong as normal people and people like Gordon, uh, you know, they have those mental problems and it just, they stay with them forever. Uh, Chavez, you know, uh, you know, he's pr pretty mean dude. Uh, not the type of guy that you want to stand there and mentally break. So I'm going to go with Chavez on this one. Uh, I just feel like he's far, he's superior. The only thing I am worried about is that Gordon has faced some really high competition. He, you know, that could have, you know, he could have learned a lot and then it could have molded him a little bit, but I, I would go with Chavez here. Yeah. It's a start off of Gordon here, 7,800 on DraftKings, Chavez 84. Um, I, I've broken down Danny Chavez on the very first episode I ever did here. And he's actually my first regret. Like he's a guy that I've seen fight live in Baltimore. I've seen him. Like I, I didn't pull the trigger on him as an underdog, even though I did like what I saw from him. Like, Nasty kicking game. I think he's a striking coach on MMA Masters. Uh, he made his UFC. He made his debut on short notice. Which that's the reason that I held back from picking him last time. I just didn't trust that he'd be ready to go for a full three rounds. But you know, he showed up and he showed out. So good on him. Like you watch him fight. He's a really good striker. He has really solid kicks, both to the leg and the head. He'll set you up. He keeps you guessing. But the problem in this fight is that he's running into Jared Gordon, and it, with Gordon's ability to take you down, it's like it's not that Chavez is necessarily bad on the ground, but when you watch him fight, that's not his preferred spot. So, despite that, I'm still going to roll with Chavez in this. Like he's a decision-heavy striker, so I'm not really going to recommend him as a DraftKings play. There's a few other people around that price range that I trust a little more. Thinking like Chris Dawkins, or you know, we talked about Castaneda already, but yeah, uh, I, I do like Chavez for the win though. So Chavez is the pick, not the best recommend on DraftKings. Honestly, I don't have a super lean either way on this one. Uh, if I would go too much, echoing most of both your guys' sentiments, um, I. I lean the underdog just because I think I would see this much more as a pick em. So strictly based off the odds, the plus 125 on Jared Gordon uh, has me thinking him. And if he goes higher, probably a for sure. Um, not super confident, obviously. That's why I'm somewhat rambling with not tons of info because I don't, I don't have a hard lean uh, on this one. And that one happens. I don't really see how it lines up. But that's why I tend to lean the underdog in this spot. Next one, last minute add on. 
probably just going to do a quick pick on this one for me. So you guys, whether you want to include it on Jeff Hughes or not, Mike Gills, it's up to you. Same thing where I'm like, if you want to do a quick pick, totally fine. Rafael Alves, minus 190 versus Pat Zabatini. That sounds like a delicious drink. Plus 165, <laughs> Mike Gills, thoughts on this matchup. Yeah, so neither, uh, no prices available for either of these guys yet, but I did watch a few of these guys' fights this week. Uh, Alves definitely, he, he seems like he's in that groove right now. He had those early career losses, particularly by submission, but he's been training on MMA Masters, getting his house in order. Doesn't seem to be an issue for him anymore. Uh, Sabatini, his game plan isn't a secret. He's going to try to get in. He's going to get this fight down on the ground. I just think Sabatini, he's, he's going to be in trouble when he gets in close for this fight, trying to get it where he wants it. And even if he does manage to get this fight to the ground, Alves is now a black belt himself. I think he can stay out of trouble. Alves' game plan is completely different. He's going to try to get in close, but when he does, he's going to be thrown with a lot of power. And he can literally hit you with anything from every direction. In this last five-fight run, he's beaten a couple of uh, really solid grapplers as well, even submitted one of them. So by picking this fight's Alves, I don't know if I like him for a finish, but you know I do think he sees him enough. He's going to stay away from the submissions. Sabatini, on the other hand, talking about underdogs. If he does win this fight, it is going to be by submission. That's pretty much his only route, all he really likes to do. Could be something to look out for on DraftKings, but as of right now, again, no price for either guy. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, on this one, uh, I'm pretty much all this is just uh, a little bit better to me, you know, with whether it's his uh, BJJ game and a stand-up game. So uh, I, I really think that uh, he's going to be able to enforce his game while all this is trying to, or Sabatini is trying to take him down and, and post his game. I think he's going to get caught with something. Um, and even if uh, all this gets taken down, like uh, Mikey said, he's a BJJ black belt, can handle his own and get back up to the striking realm, which is if he wants to do whatever he wants to do, should be Alves. I'm going to blindly pick the Sabbath <laughs> Martini at plus 165 because his name is the Sabbath Martini. That's if, it was a dirty mar- if it was a dirty martini, I'd be all over it. It's not dirty on the Sabbath. Would you pay attention? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, moving on to a fight that we've broken down before. This seems to be happening more yes. and more with guys falling out or whatever. They just keep rebooking fights. Um, so I'm going to try to get the same fervor. I don't think I'll have it, but the same fervor for this one the second time around. But Nasruddin Imavov is plus 105. That's the, the odds is what makes me sad. Versus Phil Hawes, minus 125. Real Mike Imavov versus Hawes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Last time, uh, last time they were supposed to fight, we were going to pick Imamov as a bet, but we were at plus money, and so this time it came around. He's now, I believe, favored or at negative, and so it's just it's not the same feeling. I really think that Imamov has the better all-around mixed martial arts game, but Phil Haas does have some athleticism and does have some random power. So you, you guys, he's definitely going to have to be weary when he's going in for takedowns. If he's going in there, uh, you know. Uh, just with no respect, Haas can catch him and can sleep him, can do some things to him because he's athletic and long. But uh, I, I really believe that Imhoff's uh, grinding game against the cage uh, should be able to smother Haas and take away any of the athleticism. But uh, that's just me, Imhoff. All right, yeah, sort of. Uh, Imhoff, 8,000. Phil Haas, 8,200. Uh, I've learned my lesson about switching picks after COVID cancellations. So I'm going to right off the bat, I still like Phil Haas in this fight. Crazy good wrestling pedigree, crazy power in his hands, crazy speed. He's just in an absolute groove right now. Uh, athletic prime. He's finished five straight fights in the first round, and I just don't think Imovov's going to be the guy to stop him. Uh, Imovov, you know, not the fastest guy out there. He does have good movement. He can, he can get in and out, but it's much slower than Hawes. Like, he doesn't have the best defense on the feet. You can get in. You can touch him up. And we've seen when he gets hurt, his go-to tries to shoot in on people. And against Hawes, you're talking about pushing him against the cage. I just don't see that happening. Hawes, Juco national champ. 
Um, you know, perhaps you've heard uh, the obvious. He's trained with John Jones. I think we actually have to say that we're required by contract to do it. Uh, but anyway, that's not important. Hawes I, for this fight, 8,200. I do like him for a finish. I like him as a DraftKings play. Um, one thing I also wanted to add when they announced this fight the first time around, I think Hawes was actually a little more expensive if I remember correctly. I, I don't have the, the prices in front of me, but I want to say he was like an 8,700 on DraftKings. Uh, nothing's changed for me except the price tag and I'll take it. Yeah. Biggest issue for me. And that's why I was a little bit sad going into it uh, for a little bit is I really liked Emovov because when we were going to, when we broke down this fight initially, he, I want to say he was like plus 140, like really high. And he's someone that's going to fight for a finish. And I like him better, not in terms of wrestling on the ground, but in terms of grappling positions and the chance to get a submission at some point. And he can throw with some power as much as obviously he's not as quick. Um, and he throws in combination, which I love. The plus 105 has me away. My pick is going to be Imavov, but at those odds, not a bet for me as of yet. Uh, big sh- thank you to MMA for Money Prime himself for that spot-on award. I apologize for the dip in energy. Been a long day trying to move on. I'm not even talking <laughs> as fast as normally did. I understand and appreciate that. Next up, Derek Minner. He's still in the UFC, and he's plus yes. 160 versus Charles. That is a fact. That is a categorical fact. He is still in the UFC versus Charles Rosa, minus 25, who is, in fact, also still in the UFC <laughs> after major back issues and bouncing back and so on and so forth. Uh, Mikey Gills, Minner versus Rosa. Yeah, Bob, you're sounding a little tuckered out right now. Maybe just no, grab a blanket. It's real. It's real. The memes is coming. I'm on hour 37 right now. Let's go. Anyway, uh, Derek Minner, 7,400. Charlie Rosa, 88. Uh, right away, Derek Minner, I hate you. Like, Minner, just pull off a quick sub against TJ Laramie, ruining a lot of slates, mine in particular. Laramie is one of the biggest favorites on that card. It wasn't too long ago. Uh, Minner uh, guillotined him almost immediately. I don't forgive, nor do I forget. On the other side, Charlie Rosa, uh, alternating wins and losses ever since he joined the UFC back in 2014. That's actually pretty impressive. I don't know, like, this is one of those fights. Charlie Rosa, probably the more well-rounded, overall skilled fighter of the two. Uh, he's been tested against the way better fighters, like, particularly when it comes to grapplers. I know he survived a lot of bad positions when he fought uh, Bryce Mitchell. I j- he should win this fight. But, man, Derek Minner, he's like, he's one of those guys. He's like a walking guillotine choke who's just an inch of space away at any time from winning a fight. Like, I would say he's the Kevin Kroom of this card. Long-time listeners, you might get that <laughs> joke. yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I, I can't even call him Kevin Cruz because he's actually lost to Kevin Kroom. So, I, I, I deep cut. I, yeah, yeah. I respect the skill level. Like Charlie Rose is the pick, eighty eight hundred. I'm not touching. I've been screwed over by these all or nothing submission guys, and I'm just, I'm not, I'm not doing. I'm staying away. I wouldn't feel good about having like either of these guys in my lineup. But Derek Minner, or Minner, I hate you. Based on opportunistic grappling, I would. Sooner play him at 7,400, and I, I, I think I'm going to, honestly. because You screw me over that bad. I have to respect you. Derek Minner, 7,400. I recommend him. <laughs> yeah, this is a weirdo, man. Charles Rosa is kind of uh, kind of like Thomas Almeida. Just, I mean, it kind of had some potential and then just totally deflated. And so I, I, I never know quite what I'm going to get with them, you know? And so I, I think that Charles Rosa should win this. He's got more experience. You think he's got more better, a better all overall game with longer reach and all, but uh, Derek Minner is a feisty little 
almost Clay Guido, dude. He's going to come in there. He's going to fight for three rounds, gritty and grindy. And, uh, you know, Charles Rosa doesn't – he doesn't look like that type of guy who wants to fox, uh, you know, in an alley in a fight. You know, he happens to do well in a, in a gym setting and, and getting decent in the octagon. But I just – I really don't think he's that type of guy who wants to take damage. I think Minner can uh, grind a three-round ugly decision. And so I think Mikey's spot on that uh, Minner's a spot to play on DK all the way. Yeah. In terms of DK, I totally get it. Uh, I do think the odds on here are a bit skewed, mainly because of how bad Charles Lo- Charles Rosa looked against Bryce Mitchell, who I do truly think is, I think, very high of him. So the fact that he got utterly schooled is not completely out of the question. I think if that fight hadn't happened and this fight got set up before that, you would see Charles Rosa at a minimum minus 250 open, if not breaking up over minus 300 at this point. Now, is that deserved? Probably not, but that's where it would have been. And he pr- could have very well have been someone that blew up a lot of parlays going forward. Um, I don't know, Rosa's age, and he's like, he is going downhill fast. He had a long time off having to do with injury, never thought he was going to be fighting again. Now he's fighting and didn't look great his last time out. Is Derek Minner the guy? I don't know. I don't truly think that Derek Minner belongs in the UFC, but. I guess if he beats Rosa, he's gonna. So uh, I guess go with the dog because he's at plus 160 here. That's pretty big. And Rosa is for sure on the downslide of his career and getting up there in age. Uh, moving on. This fight I'm actually pretty pumped about. I know for sure Mike Gills is pumped about. And I yes. would assume Let's real go. Mike is. The, the matchup itself is really entertaining for the show and just in general. Uh, the Boa Constrictor, Alexi Olenek, plus 140 versus Chris Dawkins, minus 160. Real Mike, I'm giving it to you first. Who do you like in the boa constrictor versus the elder Dawkins? Oh, I'm taking the the, the pretty Dockling all day. Yeah. Uh, you know, he he's just younger, stronger, more athletic. I mean, I, I I don't I don't know what else you could say about the guy. He's just strapping young lad. I, I think that he's gonna go in there, he's just gonna absolutely uh you know devastate the old man old Nick. Old Nick, you know, he's gotten here a couple little uh what boa constrictor chokes or whatever, his little Ezekiel choke on the ground and getting lucky here and there, but that doesn't fly for very long. Uh, I really believe that this they're setting up uh, Dawkins to just rise and shine and be the beautiful swan that he was meant to be. I think the Dawkins is going to come in here and absolutely just devastate the old man. Old man's not going to understand what the fuck hit him when the long legs come and break his body. If he throws a front kick at that old man's chest, telling you he's going to fucking concave it. All day, Dawkins, play it. Let's go. I have a concave chest. I appreciate that reference. Look, guys, if you think I'm going to abandon my man, my dude, my first ever pick as a member of the MMA for Money team. Hell, I wasn't even a member yet. I was guest hosting. That's how far me and Chris Dawkins go back. Like that. Uh, but look, this isn't just about loyalty. Chris Dawkins, not a bad heavyweight. At least like at least not anymore. He's leaned out very fast for a heavyweight, really solid hands. He's creative, adapts on the fly. He will switch to it from an overhand right to a flying knee in real time. Not just that, though. He's also a black belt. He's not a fish out of water on the ground. He's the more athletic fighter. He's 12 years younger. By far the overall better striker. Strikel? What did that? Strike? That's not even a word. Striker. But talking about for DraftKings, $8,600, perfect mid-range price. Uh, my man is a Philadelphia cop. Defund the police all you want because my dude's bringing home a bonus. Let's fucking go, Chris Donkus. <laughs> I was actually going to echo a majority of these sentiments. The only thing that makes me nervous is I heard an interview with Chris Dawkins saying that he is completely comfortable going to the ground with Alexi Olenek and would relish the opportunity 
to show off his jujitsu skills against Alexi Olenek. That's the only thing you don't have to do, man. The red hair. That's his path to victory. It is literally his path. It is not one of his paths. It is his path to victory. He doesn't have other ones. That is the one. So it makes me nervous going there and putting money on a Dawkins. But since I'm not in this spot, I could pick Dawkins because I do think he is going to win. But he better not try to mess with the boa constrictor because – I don't know if Dawkins gets Ezekiel choked. I mean, we're gonna have to fire Mikey Gills from the show, and no one wants that. <laughs> so, um, uh, moving no, on I'm, to I'm the, commit Harry Carey if he does <laughs> to the co-main event. Yes, this is a co-main event, and this this seems to be a recurring issue that we're having. So we were hoping this gets uh, rectified. That's so gross. Uh, at least one of them. Hey, at least one of the people in this co-main event was in a main event at one point. Uh, Caitlin Vieira minus two seventy versus Yana Kuninskaya. Nailed it. Plus 230. <laughs> Mikey Gills, the former title challenger, Kuniskaya, versus a yep. bigger, stronger lady that's probably going to beat her. Go. Ketlin Vieira, 9,300. Yana Kuniskaya, 6,900. And I'm not going to say it. Someone said something on Twitter about Yana Kunitskaya, and it made me laugh so hard, but it's really mean, and I won't say it here. I'll, <laughs> I'll retweet it later. Um, <laughs> I, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this fight. Like, it should be pretty one-sided, like yeah. – like, this is a get-ready fight if there ever was one. Like, Kellen's right on the fringe of becoming that top five. If she gets a win here, the UFC gets to put a number next to her name. Looks great on TV. Everyone's happy. As for the fight, Vieira, black belt on the ground, you know, powerful hands, legit wrestling, crazy good top game. Her opponent, Kunitskaya, just can't stop anyone from taking her down. She's been pounded out twice in her last five fights. All five of her losses have been to superior grappler stopping her on the ground. The UFC knows this. Vieira knows this. I know this, and now you know this. So as for DraftKings, at the top of this card, I like both fighters above and below her price. Like, I'd recommend Blades and Aspinall more for the money. But if you have the available budget, this is as basically as lock as a lock gets. But again, the guys above and below her, I think, have higher ceilings for points. But Vieira, solid pick. And, you know, it's just disgusting that, uh, you know, a billion dollar corporation or a hundred million dollar <laughs> corporation. This is the bullshit we get. This is the co-main event, folks. This is what you guys get. We get everybody two, wants to fight during COVID times. We get Yana Kunaskaya, who looks like something that should be out of like a comic book of a fighting girl that wasn't very good. And then we got Caitlin Vera, who's flat footed, strikes very like archaic and like a a caveman a woman and uh you know she got good gra- a better lady cave woman <laughs> uh you know or whatever we don't even you know who knows these days uh so you know the fact is is that Kayla Vieira definitely got a way better ground game Yana Kuniskaya is out of her realm uh when it comes to that I I, I don't trust Caitlin Vieira's necessarily her her stand-up but I mean she's gonna be able to get Yana Kuniskaya down Yana Kuniskaya loves to be taken down and uh played with so i think that Vieira is going to take her down the ground smash her into pieces and uh end this fight it's quite easy so Vieira to win sorry i'm laughing because literally right when you said all that stuff we got prime in the chat throwing in another support <laughs> uh awesome that's how we do it uh sorry um <laughs> Uh, trying to collect myself we're reaching the level of tired where the giggles are kicking in luckily it's the tail end of the show so we're still good because i'm about to give my take on the co-main event and then we have the main and then so on uh thank you the 1300 or so people of you that are around here actually listening to this co-main event but the main event comes up next and that's actually a 
good fight. It's good fight. The first time it was booked, better fight this time. And I got reasons for that. Caitlin Vieira, I mean, Yana Kuninskaya has some skills on the ground, but she can be dominated by a bigger, stronger fighter. And I think that's Vieira. I think Yana Kuninskaya is undersized for the division. And I think Vieira can ragdoll her. Uh, the minus 270 is a bit steep, uh, considering how close this fight might actually be. Um, because I can see at least one of those rounds going to Kuninskaya, but there should be at least one or two, especially the first round. First round, two, second round for sure, should be going towards Vieira, and then she's just going to be sitting pretty trying to skate to the decision. I don't, I don't think that's going to be predominantly close other than that final round. So I would not want to put her in a parlay or anything like that because some of these fights that can get super close, even though she should absolutely win. Sorry, I see the Modelo. Cheers to the Modelo. I don't have Modelo, the brood for the fighting spirit. These guys with the beer. I'm actually a gentleman with a cocktail. It, it was the cheer. The cheers was more important than the co-main event, so that's what I had to do. <laughs> that's true. That's true. We have, we have three ways cheers. I'll give it to Mikey Gills because he's drinking some Goose Island. It's the Chicago beer. We'll go it's with good that. Good times. Good times. <laughs> although I do like Modelo. And that was before the UFC. Now I feel that my favorite time ever, and I, this is probably a third rail I'm going to cancel for it, but it's okay. My favorite thing ever was when they were going to have, um, it was when, when Stipe was going to fight I believe it was Francis, but I'm not sure. And he got his individual Modelo sponsorship, specifically the Especial. And so they had a bunch of things at the local grocery store I was at, and it was a big stack of two different kinds of Modelo. It was Modelo Especial versus Modelo Negro. And I'm like, is this some type of guerrilla advertising that I'm unaware of? Sorry. Uh, going to the main event. Yes, that was probably bad. Did you get tired of that? I think she don't mean. I didn't mean that. Even though it actually. We just got canceled. That's hey, fine. it's the the beer is called Modelo Negro, folks. Don't ever talk back to Bob. Let it go. Exactly. Back. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> just I just took a picture and I shared it because and then I just tagged it with hashtag UFC whatever event that happened to be. Um, Curtis Blades, my man, my Windy City champ. There's no bias there, obviously. Um, minus four hundred at this point, man. Versus Derek Lewis, plus three twenty five. Real Mike. Uh, talk to me about razor blades versus the black beast or the I like to lay down for large portions of the fight and then just stand up and knock people out. Yeah, this is uh this is a sad one for my boy Black Beast. Uh you know, I love Derek me some Derek Lewis, some uh, my you know, my my balls is hot, my my chicken, whatever it may be, you know, but this is the this is MMA in the upper echelon of the sport. I, I just think that uh, Curtis Blades wrestling is really that good, man. I, I he's gonna be able to take down Derek Lewis, put him on his back like a big old turtle, and he's gonna be able to drop elbows and rain down elbows from hell like Thor. Uh there's nothing that Derek Lewis is gonna be able to do. He better pray to God that he hits uh, Blades with a random knee or an uppercut when he comes in for the first takedown because I think that's all he needs. I think Kurt, Curtis Blades picks him up, takes him down, slams him on his ass, on his back, and just literally does whatever the F he wants with him. Uh, you know, there's levels to this game. There's wrestling levels to this game. And uh, Derek Lewis has not put in the year's work on the wrestling mats or the jiu-jitsu mats to, uh, to be here. So I, I'm going with Curtis Blades by absolute devastation, elbows to his face. He's getting wrecked. Derek Lewis is getting knocked out cold. What I like about Derek Lewis is if you asked him if he's put the, the mat time in for wrestling and all that, he'd be like, Nah, it's just it's too hard. And like you'd be like, yes, that's that's the perfect answer. Yeah, well, hey, at least you're honest. <laughs> yeah. But I uh, know it's talking about the the DraftKings stuff. Ninety four hundred for Blades, eight uh, sixty eight hundred for Lewis. Like right away, obviously, pick is Curtis Blades. This fight tailor made for him. Uh, what's even better though is that for this fight, it's tailor made for DraftKings. And I like just Curtis Blades is as high as a recommendation can get. Like 
What I really like about this is that Derek Lewis is tough as hell, and he takes a massive beating just to put him away. And I can see a scenario in this fight where Lewis just survives for five straight rounds. Just, you know, his toughness alone will just carry him through, and we can get another, like, 170-point showing from Blades like he did against Volkov, another, like, tough dude just on the bottom surviving. Like, you know, five-round main events, guys. With wrestlers, you got to love them. Anyway, uh, this fight does come with a little risk, obviously. Derek Lewis, he's got that death touch, but... Obviously, the death touch when you're on your back doesn't exactly work. It's that old, like, Randy Couture, James Tony theory. Uh, don't, take, don't think too hard about this one. Find a way to put Curtis Blades in your lineup. It's got the scoring potential to get you anywhere from, like, 150 to 200. That's, uh, that, we talk about it sometimes. That's Connor. That's Red Panty Night territory. So don't, don't think this one too hard. My biggest issue with this fight is the odds, and not because – I don't think it's unwarranted. I think it's getting close to what it probably actually should be. It's just when we first broke down this fight, Chris Blades was like minus 220. And I would have told you to parlay him until the like the cow comes home. And I probably would have just played him straight at that because Chris Blades is a smart fighter. I know sometimes there are not a lot of them. You have to like pick them out when they happens. He 100% knows how he's going to win this fight. And he's going to do that. Even if it doesn't make you happy, he's going to do that. He is going to take Curtis Blades down. He is going to beat him up. This is going to look a lot like Derek Lewis versus DC, except he is going to be getting battered when uh, Blades is on top position. And I do think eventually he's going to get the TKO on an extremely tired Derek Lewis. I would give that out as a play, but even that's juiced at this point because... It's probably always going to win. Um, obviously, Derek Lewis has the death touch. It's it's a real possibility, but if anyone's striking has come along, it's Curtis Blades. He's smarter, a more defensive striker, and can throw in combination. He is one of two fighters that I know of that uh, Bang Ludwig still trains in striking. He's completely switched his focus. He doesn't train actual fighters, but he play, trains TJ Dillashaw, and he trains Curtis Blades out there at Elevation Fight Team. Not he doesn't train Elevation Fight Team. He just trains Curtis Blades. And Curtis Blades, I'm sorry, man. He's, other than the kryptonite that is Francis Ngannou, even though he's been able to take his shots for the most part, not entirely get put out, even though he's gotten finished in the fights, apparently he's probably never going to get that one again. So you just got to hope that Ngannou doesn't get the title. But this guy would beat every other major heavyweight there now. I would bet him against Stipe. I would bet him against the aged DC. I would bet him against just about every single person in the UFC except Francis Ngannou, and that's just from past performances. Derek Lewis has his chance, but he's just going to be too tight. The difference is, and everyone always brings it up, you have the, oh yeah, Blades round four. Sorry, I probably just put in there. Blades round four plus uh, one, uh, 1,025. What I'm actually planning on doing with Blades, I didn't put it in here because I don't want to think about props. What I'm probably going to do is I'm going to put uh, some fraction plays, like half units or quarter units on like four and five specifically, um, just because I think it's going to take that long and Blade, he'll be super tired out. I don't usually don't like doing too many rounds because the lower rounds, you don't get as good of odds. So if it ends up hitting one of those, you don't really make back what you would put on the further ones. Obviously that can bite you. Like I had that once for, uh, Max Holloway winning against Showtime Pettis, and I had four and five, but he got him out in the third because I had confidence that Pettis could actually last till the fourth and apparently couldn't handle those body shots. And Derek Lewis can't handle the body shots either, but um, Blaze is smart. And so, sorry, going back to what I was saying before, I, I broke away from that. Derek, everyone likes to bring up the fact that Derek Lewis is like, he gets taken down, he gets tired, but he stands up whenever he wants to. It's like, that's fantastic that he stands up whenever he wants to, but that's not against Curtis Blades because you want to know who he didn't stand up, stand up against whenever he wanted to and push him off? Daniel Cormier. 
And this is a very similar stylistic matchup to that one. Obviously, this is a huge dog odds, and this prime brings up, yeah, third, third is plus 625, four is 1025, five is 1625. So I'll probably put uh, probably a quarter unit on both four and five, and um, I got decided on three. We'll see how out of shape Lewis looks on the scale because that's a real possibility. Because, man, like, like similar to what real, uh, Mike Gills was getting at, cardio is hard. Yeah, it's not fun. Hard. Why, why, why? I mean, when you own a beauty shop and a restaurant and a bunch of like little things in the Houston area, why, why, like why? He wants to drive his truck to the cage, and I can see exactly. it happening. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they can give him a golf cart that he could take from the back to the front. Dude, hell and yeah. Especially not with, I mean, there's, there's no uh, audience members in the stands clapping. Might as well just drive up there. Yeah, like, they do it like an old, like an old, like, like baseball pitcher from the bullpen. They do it in like a giant, like hot balls mobile. Like, like dude, we can market this. I'm trying to help. No, dude, 100% on that. Um, <laughs> just quick, breaking away from everything, I just want to give a shout out. Uh, I'm started doing this recently because other shows have done this for us, and we really appreciate it. I want to give a shout out to some Haps friends of ours. We got Johnny underscore B underscore good. And at Yassine, I saw him here in the chat not that long ago. Big shout out to him. And at Lucia, I, saw, I don't think I saw you in the chat this week, but I for sure saw you last week. Thank you guys that are on Haps that have commented or helped us out and spread the word of this show in the past. We very much appreciate that. And I want to quick give a review on our bet. We have a bet to win two units on Nate Landwehr at the minus 105. And Mikey Gills, if you would, give us a rundown on your DraftKings before we bid adieu to these 1,300 fine people here tonight. All right, here we go. Deep breath. All right, I'll start off Curtis Blades, 9,400. Just in the simplest of terms, Derek Lewis is a tailor-made opponent for Blades in both real life and on DraftKings. He offers almost no resistance on takedowns. He takes a lot of damage on the ground. He gets back up, but only to be taken down again almost immediately. All we have to do is hope is that that one killer shot just doesn't land. I'm not really worried about it, though, for this fight. Blades should win this easy, and we want that. 9,400, lock it in. Next up, Tom Aspinall at 9,200. Enter the X24. Simply put, Andre Lofsky, He's basically being forced to fight the much more talented, younger version of himself. Like Aspinall, he's just bigger, stronger, faster, more skilled, hungrier. I love Andre Lofsky. And actually, I do feel kind of bad that uh, that uh, bad's not the right word. Like, I feel kind of guilty that I'm this happy to bet against him. But Aspinall should absolutely work him over in this fight, score a gang of points in the process. Next up, my boy, the money train, Chris Dawkins, 8,600. Like, I think Dawkins is set to establish himself in this fight. Olenek, like he does present some real problems with grappling, but Dawkins is a black belt. He can stay out of trouble. Dawkins, he's in the best shape of his life. He's in the process of turning MMA into his full-time career, and it shows. If he keeps this fight standing, he runs away with it, and I think he gets a stoppage. I'm expecting big points from him. Money train, let's go. Next up, $8,100, Nate Landwehr. I'm with you guys. I'm still trying to figure out this price. Landmar's you know, he's been on the biggest stages in the world. Like he's super aggressive with his power. His opponent has chin issues. I guess I guess it's just the fact that Nate will literally walk you down with his hands at his sides. Just makes all of us just a tad bit nervous. And I honestly I get that, but I don't care. I think he wins this fight, gets a stoppage. Eighty one hundred eighty one hundred dollars. It's a little bit of a gift of a price. Hope nothing crazy happens. Next up, I hate that I'm about to say it. Derek Minner at $7,400. Look, straight up, this is a Russian roulette pick. I'm not trying to lie to any of you guys. Play at your own risk. Derek Minner, he's just an opportunistic son of a bitch. Just, if he sees any opening at all, he's going to take it. Like, I'm not picking him to win this fight, but of all the lower-priced guys, he is the best suited to pull a finish out of his ass at any moment. So for $7,400, that's really all you can ask for. Last up, 
Jared Vandera, 7,100. There is a lot to like about Vandera in this fight. The only real knock against him is the quality of his competition. That's a legit gripe. I, I admit it. I'm the first one to do it. Like, you kind of, how do I, I usually put this, like, you have to blow me away if you're going to put up, if you're going to, like, establish yourself beating nothing but scrubs. And truth be told, Vandera hasn't really done that. But against Sergey, Sergey Spivak, like, I don't know. I kind of like Vandera in this fight. He can fight from range with his kicks. Black belt in jiu-jitsu and a nasty, a nasty top game once he starts dropping bombs on you. This fight should be lying closer than it is, and I like Vandera. I actually like him for the win. Uh, Curtis Blades, all right, recap. Curtis Blades, Tom Aspinall, Chris Dawkins, Nate Landwehr, Derek Minner, Jared Vandera. I still hate that I said Derek Minner, but whatever. Let's go. Oh, I'm tired. I'm busy <laughs> typing out. I'm uh, TLC lurks. He said scrubs again within the chat. Sorry. I'm, I got <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> uh Real Mike, you got anything to say to the people before we do our outro and bid adieu until next week? No, we just appreciate each and every one of you each and every week, like <clears throat> liking, subscribing, and interacting with each and every one of us. If you ever want an individual take on a fight that we didn't touch, uh, feel free to message me, Mikey, or Bob, and we'll give you our take. Also, follow each and every one of us for uh, bets that we don't post on here because sometimes we fire after we see something out the weigh-ins. Uh, I I don't really have anything to say other than a rallying cry. I look, tortilla is bread. Bread is the is a quintessential part of a PB and J. So I'm just saying, look, don't take my word for it. Believe the science. Don't be a science denier. All right, tortilla is still bread. PB and J all day. Let's go. Yeah, you're still losing the poll by a lot. It's okay. Don't matter. I, sorry, I'm just just laughing at all of it. <laughs> Ooh. Royal team, um, Papa Prime himself hopping in. How are you doing? Tailing the show. I appreciate that. Um, we will be back next week, as we always are. There you go. See, K Kathy loves PB and Janet's tortilla. She's there for it. Sorry, I'm just. I need to focus. I'm working on it. <laughs> Long day. We will be back next week to prove to UFC Vegas 20 Rosenstruck versus. Gone or Gane. And yes, Rosenstruck has at least three times as long of a name. Does he have three times the skill? We'll find out next week. But don't forget to subscribe to the show on your platform of choice. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, RSV, and here on HAPS. If you are here in the comments, we appreciate every single one of you. Yes, that was delayed. Remember, subscribe to us on YouTube for both full length shows. I'm hearing the lip smacking of the tongue on the, yeah, on the Sorry. If you're not watching the video, you're missing out on just, just that, gold. That, that, that's what happens when you don't have bread to soak up that moisture, you fool. Yeah, this just this extends the meal. I'm gonna like the plate when I'm done. Subscribe to us on YouTube if you want to catch any other stuff going forward. Yes, we're divulving, devolving. So I'm moving on. Like, comment, share to spread the word. He's licking the plate now. He's the straight licking the plate, and with him licking the plate. Let's roll.